right, the first question we always ask everybody is, who is the first person to bust your ass? In a sense, we want to know it two ways. Who's the first person that you've seen on the court that bust your ass? And who's the first person that you've seen on the set that you went to that you was like, he acting so good, I got to step my acting skills up. Oh, man, I just got nervous thinking about it. Um, <laughs> as far as, like, on the court growing up, I got dunked on when I was, like, 11. Oh. By, like, a 12-year-old, just in the park, <laughs> random. <laughs> and I don't know the guy's name. I don't know anything about him. And we were playing an 11-year-old version, and this 12-year-old walks on the court, very athletic. I'm getting back on defense, and he jumped. I'm like, wow, he jumped from far away, and he jumped over me. Man. And, and threw it wall. at 12. Do you so that's where I'm like, okay, I don't remember his name. I can see his face right now. <laughs> <can> see him. <laughs> that's where I knew right there. I'm like, okay, so basketball is just going to be a hobby for me. It's not going to be much more than that. As far as acting wise, I got to say on Entourage, you know, when I first came in, Jeremy Piven, who played Ari. Oh, that's know, my guy. In one of the, our first scenes, um, I remember. I, had, I come running in, he's having a conversation with the Vince character, and I try to interrupt, and he just like puts his hand out, and he's like, turtle, wait for it. And I actually shut up. Like, <laughs> oh, okay, like he, he owned me in the scene, and that's where I knew I'm like, this guy's a whole other force to be reckoned with. So I'm going to say uh, JP kind of busted my yeah, ass just, early on. Step your, and step your I, game I, up. We got to bring it every day because this guy's going to bring it. Yo, 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 we back live from New York City. We had to come to New York City because it's the big, rich town. And you know we need a lawyer when we in the big, rich town. So we came with none other than Jerry Ferrara, a.k.a. Proctor from Power. He in the building, a.k.a. Turtle. You know the blackest one with me. So, you know what I'm saying? Y'all tune in, sit tight. Y'all might get a couple jewels about Power. Y'all gonna get some behind the scenes about this and that. And we gonna chop it up big time about the Knicks, y'all. Check it out. Let's go. It's your boys, Q Rich and D Miles. Knuckleheads. Shout out to the podcast. Season two. Ain't how we thinking, ain't what we do. Like, it's just like. How did y'all come up with that? Yeah, yeah. Is this thing on? Well, well, scripted. We kind of just get into it. We come from an authentic OG standpoint. You weren't winning with just one star player. The league had changed. This is a story that people don't know. This dude had my shoes on, right? He just talking hot mess. You know, we were just young and wanted to prove ourselves, and you were in the way. This is nice, man. Pour me some Henny. Yo, it's a great, it's a great, it's a great feel. 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 Hey, let me just say, I loved Ari Go. He is like a superhero. The best thing ever was when he showed up with the Nerf gun to <laughs> obliterate everybody. It does not get better than that. How was that working with him? Was that your first major start? It was. Up until that point, you know, I was kind of, like I guess in sports terms, I was like a little bit of a journeyman. I was yeah. bouncing around from show to show, no, never really kind of popped. And then Entourage, you know, I was only 23 when Entourage came along, but I was still doing it already for five or six years. People yeah. think I just was right. overnight. And then when Entourage came along, that was by far my biggest thing to that moment. Uh, I remember being very, very nervous that it wasn't going to get picked up and it wasn't going to last. I really didn't start enjoying the success of it till like season three or four when I knew I had some job security, man. But uh, Everybody loved your character. I, You know... How, how was that, the response like to Like, to, to Turtle? It, and it really, that sense was overnight, right? So yeah. season one came out and it did pretty well. It had some notoriety, but it definitely did not blow up right away. 
And that was kind of right when like DVR and On Demand started. So when mm. we went off the air, everybody caught up. So when we came back to season two, I remember the first day we were shooting and cars driving by on Sunset started yelling out their windows, turn up, turn up. <laughs> People are watching this show. This right. is crazy. So it was probably around season two that I started to realize this is this this might be around for a minute. But um, you, you felt even more pressure, though, to, to be even better than you were the previous season. I'm telling you, man, every actor, if you liked sports, you wanted to be an athlete. Yeah. So I always looked at the acting stuff in an athletic way. Right. Like I tried to add something every summer, you know, we yeah. got a summer break. I'm going to come back and I'm going to be better moves. at this. Yeah. Come back with some new moves. I tried, you know, <laughs> I think the good one, the, the great ones really do add something every year. What was the turning point when you was like, I'm finna act? Cause you said you did five years before Entourage. What was the turning point? You was like, man, this is really what I want to do. <sighs> you know, it really wasn't until I had gotten to college. Right. And, um, at that point I was kind of done with school in my opinion. Like I was just burned out on it. I didn't want to be there. I you went to kind of appease my mom. I'm like, yeah. yeah, I'll go to college mom. <laughs> and, I wasn't even going to class, but I did go to this acting class and because I heard the professor gives out like an easy A just for showing up, like a participation trophy. <laughs> right. And I went and I was the only guy in class who got an F. He failed me. And I remember going up to him. I'm like, look, I know I'm doing good work. Why'd you fail me? He's like, because I actually think you have some ability and I want you to come back and take this class again because I see something in you that I don't even think you see in yourself. Yeah. And that's where I was just all in. I was about 17 years old from that moment on nothing else existed to me it was i'm gonna one way or another be an actor or i'm just gonna die trying Unbelievable. You, you come off entourage and you know entourage became a, a big success you know and it's what's next yeah and you chose 50 cents power what made you choose power what was about power that you read the script or something like that to make you choose power is the one where i want to come back so I had read the pilot of Power, the first episode, which I just remember reading it and think, and I remember flipping right to the front page, like, who wrote this? This is crazy. <laughs> and I saw Courtney Kemp on there. I saw executive producer Curtis Jackson. I'm like, this is going to be interesting. So I had a meeting with Courtney Kemp about a different role. I, I'm not, I don't even remember the role. Uh, I wasn't a main main I wasn't like Tommy or anything like that. Yeah. I'm not trying to start a rumor on here. <laughs> yeah. I remember it didn't work out. I think it was scheduling because we were getting ready to do the Entourage movie, right? Yeah. So it didn't work out. And I was bummed about it because, you know, I, it's not, I don't get offered like tons of jobs. So I, I was interested in the opportunity. And I remember watching season one being like, of course the show is good. Of course I'm not on there. And the show is a banger. It's a really good show. But in that meeting, Courtney said to me, you know, I just think that there's more to you than Turtle. Turtle's great. We all love Turtle. But she's like, I think you could do drama. I think people don't even know really where you came from. I think we could show them something else. And I like shocking people. Yeah. So she said, I'm going to come back to you. I'm going to write you something. And now I... We were talk I've heard that a thousand times and right. it never amounts to anything. Okay. No one ever comes back for me. It just doesn't happen. It's talk. Yeah. Less than a year later, my phone rings. It's Courtney. And she says, listen, I wrote this character, Joe Proctor. He's the criminal defense attorney. It's not a lot of stuff right away, but it's going somewhere. And she sent me the pages and it was good stuff. And at the time, not that I had an ego, but coming off Entourage, I wanted something bigger. I remember yeah. thinking like, this is a really this is really well written, but it's only like two scenes. I really want something bigger. And I think the mistake would have been to get on that high horse and say, no, nah, I'm going to wait for something bigger. Yeah. I just said, you know what? She's a great writer. There's great actors on that show. Yeah. And she's a believer in me when there's maybe not a lot of people who are. Yeah. I'm in. I, 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 I'm with you. 
And I flew to New York that next week and I did the first scene as Proctor and five years later, I just imagine, like, imagine if I would have said no. Yeah. I would have missed out on this whole run. That would have been a true run. shame, man. So that's how that's my story with power. I always wanted to ask because I did a couple of movies myself, you know. That's right. <laughs> you know, I do a couple. <laughs> I denzeled a couple of movies that's myself. Right. You know you what sure I'm did. saying? But uh, <laughs> what is it like to to get shot at doing a movie scene? You forgot I was in the movie too. You, you um, ain't doing as many I, as me. You know, I ain't I, get shot at though. <laughs> I ain't get shot at though. But you getting shot at? You see, you running across the room, and it's just like everything blowing up. <laughs> what is that like? There's one part of it that's really cool because uh, you're like a little kid, you know, playing with your friends. Yeah. And right. It's just it's it's just the most lifelike stuff. But the worst part that I I just don't love is when someone's really pointing it at you and you're going to get the shots, right? They have something called squibs, which are like yeah. the little mini explosives. Right. Yeah. You basically wear like a vest. Yeah. And, you know, for me with power, we could talk about it now because it's aired. So my exit on power, you know, I had eight squibs on yeah, me. And, yeah, I say that. And Joe Shakur, who plays Tommy, points a AR at me. Right. And, yeah. just, and it's just... It's not It's not that hard to act it out because it, it just feels terrible. Yeah. And that thing just made me, just, yeah. and then you just fall, and it's it's terrible. What? I don't enjoy that. Did you ever think that you finna be in a shootout scene? Like, you finna play a role that they needed you to, because, like, you bust back. Like, I'm talking about, you, you were busting back. You was, like our, senior. Car, you was like, like our senior in Harlem Nights. Like, stop shooting that little shit. Like, like, yeah. hey, that boy, like, pow, You pow. were like, this is what you do. Did you ever think that you would be in a shootout scene, that, you, a dope shootout scene, though? No, because if you know anything about power, usually when Tommy's coming for you, it, it's savage and it's not much of a competition, right? Obviously, a lot of characters on power die. Yeah. So Courtney calls me in and I thought we were going to talk about something else, but she kind of looks at me and she she like smiles almost in like a sympathetic way. I'm like, oh, is this it? <laughs> is, this, is this happening right now? She's like, yeah, so Proctor's going to die in episode five. I'm like... Uh, really and then the question becomes how oh no how right and she's like it's really cool you're gonna yeah. go out like a like a man like, like a, a G. yeah <laughs> and she pitches me the whole thing and i'm like all right that's pretty cool it's just still no matter what i remember saying like when that time comes for proctor i'm gonna i'm gonna take it like a man but i wanted to cry man it was sad because you get so used to working with everybody and you do become a family you, you know you have feelings for these people and you know you're just not gonna get to see them as much anymore yeah. Yeah, man, it was a shoot. I had to go take lessons on how to like sort of look like you know what you do. But it was funny because Proctor is more comfortable with a pen than a gun, so right. it was cool if I didn't look like I really knew fully what I was doing. Yeah, it fit the character, man. But Tommy Joe Shakur, he he's like the Terminator when he's coming. Yeah. Terminator, man. Yeah, the Terminator, he's cool, yeah. calm collector. He's playing cat and mouse with you. Yeah. Like usually, what you saying? Like usually, he had a little gun with the with the silencer on there. I was surprised he, he came the big with the big boy out boy. for you. Well, he was killing two things that night, right? Yeah. He was killing Proctor and he was killing Ghost's penthouse apartment. The penthouse, yeah. I he's, told he's you. making a statement. I told you he wanted to trash the whole well, Ghost place. wrecked his car. Right. So yeah. it's like eye for an eye, you wreck my car, I'm, I'm going to wreck your penthouse apartment. The number one troll in the world right now uh, is 50. 50 Cent. 50 Cent. 5-0. <laughs> and is, is, it, is it better to stand next to him 
or to stand across from him because he'll get you if you stand across oh, from no, him. Oh, no, it's better to be next to him. <laughs> I, I, I told him, man, I'm like, listen, even if there's like a dinner you paid for that you didn't want to pay for <laughs> and you feel like I should have threw in, I'll Venmo you right now, man. I'm not trying to owe you <laughs> at all. But he's a perfect example when I talk about athletes and entertainers kind of trying to, like 50 to me is a guy who added something every summer. He came out, his natural ability, hip hop and rap, right? Yeah. That He has a God-given talent yeah. and that's what got him in. But then next couple of years, he's acting in he movies. And then he's a brand ambassador for Vitamin Water. Right, so, yeah. And now he produces power. He directed the episode the episode, two the couple episode, of weeks ago. So yeah. he's always added, he, he, he became an Instagram mogul. Yeah. You know, he's always added something. Yeah, to, to his, his catalog. Yeah. This stuff getting long as a street now. It's crazy like to watch. How much stuff he, he's putting himself But you want to stand beside him for sure. Yeah. For sure. It ain't, it's, not even a, it's not even a thing. My, gotta, I think I have nightmares of waking up and seeing my picture on his Instagram. You got a collection ag- agency going now. You know, he's doing well. He's, he's unbelievable. You, you calling you Turtle mm-hmm. for a long time. Yes. Before they even knew your name, they was yes. calling you Turtle. Do they call you Proctor now? They do, man. It, it's so funny. My wife pointed this out to me the other day. We were walking around our neighborhood. We had our son in the stroller and like... Cross the street, someone screams out, "Yo, Turtle, Turtle, we love you, man. You want, you want to go smoke?" I'm like, I'm pushing the stroller, man. And then, not five minutes later, we grab a coffee and we're walking back home. And you know, group of like five kids, it must have been like 17, 18 years old, come up to like, "Oh my God, Proctor! It's Proctor!" They had no clue who Turtle was, yeah, and I don't know if the dudes are shouting. It's, it's a generation yeah. thing, and it's it's. It's cool because, you know, a lot of actors talk about typecasting and not wanting to get stuck playing the same role. And obviously, you know, Turtle, that was a fear, right? But if typecasting is a real thing, it means it should never be able to happen again. Yeah. And it happened again. I went from Turtle to to Proctor. So it's one of the coolest things in my career that... You know, they don't got to call you a Turtle no more. It's like Proctor is not too... But I feel like... People in a grocery store like, Turtle, you... I I feel like you got one of them things when we grew up Regina King always gonna be from two two seven. Yeah, she ain't gonna ever shake that. You oh, gonna, gonna be always everybody be lawyer. Everybody Turtle lawyer. or Proctor. Like to me, yeah. you always gonna be both because I watched the Inception from the first episode of Entourage to the first episode of Power. So for me, like you said, for the young kids that ran up and they was like, oh Proctor, and then you gonna have some yeah. people that just say Turtle. Well, for me, I'm like, yo, like when I first met you, you came to Nick's game. I'm like, yeah. oh, we like, yo, Turtle at the game, like Turtle. At the game. <laughs> I think you said that. Too. Like damn right. Like damn. <laughs> Yeah, hey, it's fucking turtle. Like he's the coolest <laughs> dude on Entourage. Like we gotta say what's up to turtle. Like, so how was that, man? Was it? Cause my perspective, I know for you that was work. That was a job. But was yes. that like the most fun you had, period, ever working? Cause when I look at it, it I wish I could have been a part of the set. Sometimes just Pool doing scenes. anything. It's like, the- let me. <laughs> life ain't real like that. Did you see what just walked past right there? Like, man, listen. <laughs> It actually became a running joke at one point because obviously we were loosely based on reality. You know, yeah. we were pulling stories and stuff like that, but we were doing the ver- the most extreme version, right? Exactly. We were trying to say like, all right, if it's at normally a six, we're going to show you the 10 that yeah. it is. Because I yeah. remember there'd be times we'll be shooting at, uh, there's this famous coffee shop in LA called Earth Cafe. It's on Melrose, right? It's where a lot of people go. And we would always shoot there. And I remember one time, I, I talked to our producer, our creator, Doug Allen. I'm like, Doug, this is ridiculous. We're the only dudes here. There's 
45 women hey. and us. That's Even for LA standards, that's not real life. He's like, eh, well, it's trying to show excess. So it was a lot of hard work, but um, I never wanted to leave set when they called rap for a few different reasons. Obviously, I just love the work part. Yeah. But I really, you know, we became family. Yeah, family. We were functioning like a team that was all in on the same page with one yeah. common goal. Yeah. So uh, those 12, 13-hour days, I didn't mind them one bit. There was nowhere else better I could think to be. It does change you get a little bit older and you, you start a family. Like, you do want to get back to the family at times. Yeah. But back then, man, 25 years old. Yeah. Not, and not even knowing L.A. that well yet. You know, it was showing me L.A. It was like my guided tour through L.A. Dude, you and drama <laughs> every week, I promise. <laughs> it, it was, y'all were priceless. Y'all made that, like, I know, like, that Vinny and E were yeah. whatever. Y'all were it for me on the show, dude. It's <laughs> almost the reason why I didn't get the part, though. Huh? I'll tell you why, right? So Kevin Dillon, who plays Johnny Drama, um, is about... 13, 14 years older than me because I was very young. And at the time, they wanted to make the show like they wanted the guys to be like 27. And when I was 23, I looked like I was 18. So we were all supposed to be within four years. Like if drama was a senior in high school, we were supposed to be freshmen. And HBO was a little worried. They're like, you know, Jerry's 23, Dylan's 36. How are they? Did they? How did they grow up together? So I remember that was the one thing I had working against me. And do you know not one person ever mentioned it. Not one person ever said, there's no way Drama and Turtle went to... Yeah. Not one. It actually yeah. became a funny running joke. Like, Drama, yeah. how old are you? Yeah. It, it became a thing, so no one ever mentioned it. Dude, that that was like, for me, the fiascos and just the craziness. He's the best. I'm telling you, he was hilarious. <laughs> Dude, we would be shooting on Sunset Boulevard and there would be a school bus full of kids. I think one time there was like the lacrosse team driving across Sunset. They saw Kevin Dillon. They started shaking the bus yelling, victory. Victory! <laughs> like he said at the top of the mountain. He played at like, sports arenas. Like when something good happens, they show that clip I'm of him dude, going victory. I'm telling you. He's the best, man. Kevin Dillon is a, is a legend. Mark Wahlberg is one of my favorite actors. And his career is one of my favorite careers to be watching and seeing how he's evolving himself yeah? as the years go by. We did an interview with Jimmy Butler, and Jimmy Butler was talking They're about real him very, They're real very tight. highly. Yeah. Everybody's not friends with Mark Wahlberg, and you had the opportunity to do something with Mark Wahlberg that made history. So how is Mark Wahlberg to you? His story is really interesting because, you know, he came from a tough background. It's just, again, talking about someone adding something. You know, he came out, he was he was doing his, his music thing, rapping, <laughs> you know, feel the vibrations. Yeah. And then he became, you know... He's a Calvin Klein model on giant billboards in Times Square. And then next thing you know, he's acting without really ever acting before. So I always respected that. It's funny when, again, another reason why I almost didn't get the part in Entourage. So the final step before you get the role on a TV show is you do the network test, right? They get three choices for every character. And you're going to go in front of the network and do your audition. So I remember looking around and I'm like, there's all the turtles and there's the Vinny Chases. There's all the, hair, there's all the handsome dudes just looking good, blue eyed. So you go in first by yourself. You do a solo and then they pair you up with their chemistry yeah. matching. So I go in, I do my solo thing. I think I did all right. And I go back in the waiting room and Wahlberg comes out. I didn't even know he's in the room because you're like on the stage and it's lit. You can't yeah, even see who's there. It's just a bunch funny. of scary looking, intimidating people. Wahlberg comes out into the waiting room and he's like motioning for somebody. And I'm like, you looking at me? I've never met Mark at this point. So he's like, come over here. 
and I, I walk over. I'm like, what's up? What's up, Mark Wahlberg? What, yeah. what do you got? He's like, he like pulls me in real close and he's like, listen, that was fine what you just did. That audition was fine, but you're kind of blowing it. I'm like, what? He's like, I watched all your audition tapes. That is, what you just did in the room was not what you were doing in the audition tapes before. You're too nerve. You're tight. Yeah. Don't worry about the script. Don't worry about what we want to see. Go do this for you. Go do what you think we want to see. Uh, Make a choice. Okay. And it was kind of just like a smack in the face that woke me up because yeah. I was nervous. Maybe I didn't even know. I was kind of playing it cool. And I felt like, oh my God, this moment's slipping away. So when they called me back in and they they mashed me up with somebody, I just went for it. And I started hearing laughter in the room where they're like trained not to laugh at you because they don't want to show what they're thinking. I think I won it in that moment right after. And he he didn't have to do that. He could have let me continue to phone it in and do what I thought was safe. And But he, I don't know, he just, I thank him for that. And he's been a great producer ever since. And now, now the guy's a producing mogul. Another guy who's adding something to the toolbox now you every can year. Call him. Yes. <laughs> maybe not on the first yeah. ring he'll take it, but maybe on the second. He'll call you back. He's a busy guy. Yeah. He's got a lot going on. Who was your favorite guest on Entourage? It was so many. Who was your favorite guest? Your favorite cameo on Entourage? Who was that? I loved when actors came on, and that was always really cool. A lot of guys I respected, but for me, I loved when the athletes came on because I'm I'm a sports fan. I wasn't in the LeBron scene. LeBron came on. Of course, you guys do a scene with LeBron, and I'm not in it. Like I'm the one who knows the most about basketball. (laughs) It was cool because also. Kevin Durant wasn't in the show, but he came by one day just to hang out. So we was hanging out behind the monitors. I got to talk to him. If I had to go the favorite all time, the one that sticks out to me was Tom Brady because there is a bit of a story behind it. That whole episode was supposed to be drama and Vince versus, you know, at the time it was originally written for Peyton and Eli. It was going to be brothers versus brothers on the golf course. And something happened like a week out before we were ready to shoot and they pulled out I don't remember the reason it really kind of screwed us because we're about to shoot in a week so this is what having Mark Wahlberg as your executive producer came in Mark's like all right well I'll do it I'll play one of the I'll play myself and he goes you want me to call Tom call my guy Tom we're like Tom Brady he's like yeah you want me to call Tom Brady (laughs) "Uh, yeah Mark if you could make that call that would be really helpful and this was the year Brady the year before he gotten injured, he mm-hmm. tore his knee mm-hmm. up. So, you know, he was really rehabbing. No one really seen him in a minute. And he accepted the invitation on a week's notice, came out 5 a.m. to shoot his day, got up on the first tee box and hit a 300-yard drive. I'm like, oh, you're good at golf, too? I'm like, if you're a good actor, <laughs> if you're a good actor I'm really going to have a problem with you. And he was a good actor as well. Um, he couldn't have been more humble, down to earth. He was so cool with the crew. That's how you could always tell. Like You always feel like the cameos are going to be nice to us. How's everyone with the crew? He was super humble. He was there for 12 hours, signed stuff for everybody. Mm-hmm. And that one always stands out because I also torture him in the episode right. like I want to yeah. be mean to him yeah. you know so uh, that one stands out but there's so many I mean we had Steve Nash we had Amari yeah. Strahan there's just so many once a Nick always a Nick yes sir why the Knicks you ain't gave up yet like never give like up like Brooklyn got Kyrie and Kevin Durant is the time to give up is really now. If you're not going to give up now. <laughs> He's telling you like to you, jump off the bandwagon and go cross the bridge. Like, so. so I remember the first Nick game I ever watched where I fully knew what was going on. I think I was 10 years old, and I believe it was on Martin Luther King Day, the Trent Tucker shot that yeah. made the Trent Tucker okay. rule. 
I think I was nine years old watching that game. And at the time, I was kind of like, oh, wow. I was watching Jordan being like, oh, I think I like the Bulls. This guy's yeah, unbelievable. Right, right. But the Knicks kept fighting back. And then Trent Tucker hit that three. And I'm like, nope, I'm a Knicks fan. And I was in from that moment on. I went to New Utrecht High School in Brooklyn. And Stephon Marbury went to Lincoln. Yeah. So he was two years older than me. But I watched... I watched more Lincoln games than Utrecht games just because yeah. I was watching him and Felipe Lopez and those guys yeah. coming up. And that's where I fell in love with basketball. And it just was always the Knicks for me. I couldn't root for the New Jersey Nets. Yeah. I don't think it's because they moved to Brooklyn. I could. I just can't do that. I can't I can't just jump ship. It just doesn't work. That sports to me don't work that they way. They got better colors, like black and white. Like, you think? Like, yeah, I would I would kind of argue that I don't know. You like the orange? Like my high school colors. Don't get me wrong, was Nick colors, orange and blue, but that black and white them boys got over there. Them boys look dope. But the I just court, like what's the, 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 what, the arena what's, like? What's the history, right? So when the Knicks get it right and God willing win a championship in my lifetime, what? that's going to be so earned for me. Like I'm going to be the first person standing at that parade saying I earned this as a fan. Oh, it's, I it's, earned this ring. Do you plan on doing that in spirit too? Cause you yeah. might not so, even be here no so. more. When the, when the <laughs> He's from the grave, so. man. My son will carry it on. He's gonna. He has no choice. So wait, <laughs> let me ask you this: Were you like everyone else coming into this free agency? Yeah. All hyped up, like yeah, like wait, let's go, let's 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 go a little bit before the free agency, because let's. If I recall. Y'all were supposed to get the number one pick and get Zion. Which there was a 12.5% chance of really happening. But <laughs> Nick fans spoke as if it had already happened. That's what we do. Right? That's what we do. <laughs> this is why I'm saying this. And so, um, this, so you were one of those people. You thought y'all had the number one pick. You thought y'all had KD, Kyrie in the bag, and possibly somebody else. So yeah. I, AD. Did, I did not think that their number one pick was realistic because... I mean, our last number one pick was 1985, so we have not. We have not gotten the bounces of the of the ping pong ball. So, and I knew, of course, we finished with the worst record in the league right when they flattened the odds. So, we didn't even do that. We don't even have the you know 12 and a half percent chance. So, I was not optimistic. I and I was never in on Kyrie because I just did not fully believe he would come. I did think Kevin Durant was coming. You thought you had KD. I 100% thought Kevin Durant was coming. I was in on that. I, I was disappointed. The thing that keeps me optimistic, though, is I do, as for the first time as a fan, a Knicks fan, feel there's a plan in place. We're keeping our draft picks. We're not, we're not spending bad money. We're, we're really going to slow play this thing, and it's going to take time, but we're building it right from the beginning. We're just a few years behind, everybody. I, th- I, I, think I need a sip. I need a sip. Right he, need, he needs a sip. <laughs> I agree. I think it was not what everybody expected, but I think they did a lot better than what people think right now. The players they got, they all like really hard workers. They're they're yeah. they're not obviously on the level of the KDs or the Kyries, but right. they still are great, serviceable, good players, and they they all work hard. And another thing that people don't well, I don't know if they recognize or really want to acknowledge, everybody was on a one year deal except Randall. So you so you still maintain that flexibility going into the you know off season next season whoever does well enough you like them you bring them back otherwise you just go out and you trying to continue to improve so I think they did really well although everybody else kind of was killed them <laughs> killed them <laughs> you know that's the way it go but you the whole plan I had issues because I thought it was swinging for the fences it was like you're gonna go from nothing to getting all of this in one year that was like 
a lot to do, and teams don't just do that. So I thought it was far-fetched from the beginning. No, the, the things that I'm paying attention to are, you know, for years it was we're rebuilding while trying to stay competitive. Yeah. That was what we were being told as fans. Yeah. <laughs> you go back to, like, the Phil Jackson era, right? And I don't really understand how we're rebuilding. Like, I love D. Rose. You don't get D. Rose if you're rebuilding. Right. He's like, you know, a piece that could maybe help you win whatever his role is. Noah, all that, all those. Like, I didn't, never felt like we were getting put in on the plan as a fan. Like, this mm. is not a rebuild. We're trying to compete, and it's just not working. Yeah. This is a true rebuild. All our draft picks. And I think Randall's going to make the All-Star game in the East this huh? year. Ooh, that's a, a bold prediction. I think Julius Randall will be an All-Star forward. In the Eastern Conference, I like Julius Randle. I do like what he does. Big Willie talk right there. I, I'm I bold. Like I'm being bold. I, I, you yeah. said positive. I'm I keeping like it positive. That. But my homeboy said that they're gonna make the playoffs. I said that's kind of pushing it. I probably know your friend who said that because I've been saying that too. <laughs> I mean, um, is it though? Is the eight seed pushing it? That's that's forty. That's forty two wins, right? Yeah. Forty one wins. I mean, yes, you that's pushing it. Some yeah, guys gotta but, take but, a leap. But players gotta step up. Definitely players like Dennis Smith Jr., mm-hmm. which I. I've been liking him since college. I feel like this next season is a new him. He get an opportunity to kind of show his talent. You know, right. even he's the with, guy. He's with, got yeah, his position he's the locked. Guy. Even with Randall and the, the guys they got, it's like Knox, them young guys, and uh, the R.J. Barrett. They give all of them opportunity to show themselves. You know, I'm looking forward to Big Mitch too, Mitchell Robinson. Mitchell Robinson, That's my guy, man. So let me ask you this: You big time New York fan? Mm-hmm. Which one would you say? you go harder for it? Would it be the Giants? Is it the Yankees? Mm. Is it the Knicks? Are you a Rangers fan? Rangers, yes. Rangers. Okay, was it, was, is it the Rangers? What? What is it? Which Easy one? Easy answer. Knicks. Oh. I've even gone far. I always ask my buddies So you got more Knicks jerseys than Yankees, Giants, for sure, anything? For sure. I always start this conversation at dinner with my other Knicks fan friends, right? What rings would you give up for a Knicks ring? Right, meaning okay. like, would I give up any of the Giants Super Bowls? Like, trade that for a Knicks championship? Probably not. Will I maybe give up the '09 Yankees World Series championship with A Rod? Yeah, I'm gonna give that one up for a Knicks ring, for <laughs> sure. And it's look, Yankees have rings, Giants have rings, Rangers had a Stanley right, Cup '94. Yeah. I have not seen the Knicks championship in my lifetime. It makes me want to root for them even more. I don't jump off the ship when it's not going right. I, I stay on. I'm it, the it, last man it, on. It, so is your beloved wife in your Knicks fandom as well? She's starting to get there, right? She's from Cleveland. <laughs> oh. And, uh, and okay. she, so she already is is, is drinking James. from the from the sweet sweet. And she's from Akron, actually. She's closer to oh, Akron. Oh, you have to James. deal with it and all. She prides herself on, you know. I used to watch LeBron in high school because yeah. they're the same age. I'm yeah. like, that's great. Uh, congratulations. <laughs> um, but here's where I got her, right? So yeah. she's a Cavs fan, as she should be, Browns fan. Yeah. Oh. But I got her because, you know, I go to some Knicks games. They've taken very good care of me over the years. So I'm like, come on, we're going to go to the Knicks game. And next thing you know, we're sitting in some really good seats. And, you know, maybe Tim Hardaway Jr. at the time came and showed me a little love. And she now is getting emotionally attached to the players. <laughs> so I would say she's still rocks hard for the Cavs first but she has Nick like she's invested on Frank Nilakina. she wants young Frank to be good she's rooting for young Frank let me ask you this what happened in the house when 
the Giants traded OBJ to Cleveland, so now your wife has oh. OBJ and you don't have OBJ. I, I, I saw a preview so like, of this on, on Instagram. I, 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 I saw a, a preview. <laughs> I'll let you tell, but I, I know how this went. When the trade went down, she trolled me hard. I came home. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember where I was coming from, and I walk in, and I see it like a like a package and wrapper <laughs> on the counter, and I look at it, and I open it up, and it's an OBJ Browns jersey, and she's <laughs> filming me from the, from the side. <laughs> and then, so two weeks ago, three weeks ago, before game one in the season, I was playing some pickup hoops. I have my routine on Sunday. I play pickup from 10.30 to 12, and then I hustle home to get home to watch NFL. And my five-month-old son, our first kid, is in a Browns onesie, <laughs> smiling. <laughs> it's like, it's I'm, I'm like, listen, we're going to have to iron this out. It's fine now because he doesn't know what's going on. But when he starts, we don't want to confuse this kid. I don't want the kid. You didn't, you didn't take it off him right then and there? I let it be. No. For that. But then it guess would, what? It, Yesterday or whatever, Sunday, before the Danny Dimes game, I'm like, I'm dressing them today. <laughs> Giants onesie on. And they are 1-0 and in a Giants onesie. It's gonna, that's going to be a big argument in the Florida so, household. It, it, it was a lot of furniture moving with so, no BJ. So, so, so it's safe to say she's got some, you got some work to do to get her to the point to where, what if you had to trade in your wedding ring for the Knicks championship ring? Would she allow it? She's so supportive of my love for sports, <laughs> but that might be going that's, one that's step that's too far. That might got, be like th- that might be one step too far. Even if you can get a new one, you still it's just it would be a it would be a long talk. Right. I would have to figure out how hard I could push. I don't I don't that, that gotta get a course side. Maybe 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 uh, maybe Brian comes over to a course side and daps you up and says something. You could get it done. Listen, I have a lot of love for Cleveland fans in general. Though those are great sports fans for yeah. Cavs, Browns, <laughs> Indians. Like they they love their teams as hard as I love mine. Ah, okay. What's your take on how I guess from optics the perception would be that a lot of the superstars the biggest names or whatever are afraid to come to the Knicks and to take, you know, they know what that is when they come into to New York City, Madison Square Garden, you putting that, that spotlight and that arrow Pressure. clean, pointly, primely on your back. It's, it's no longer... Hopes and dreams. That's just what I'm saying. But like, the biggest I, city. In my opinion, I have, like, for guys like Carmelo or Mario, I mean, I played there for four years, so I know you what know. it means. I know what it means to be in that light. I mean, I wasn't the player or the prestige they were, but just being there and seeing how it goes, you know how what it is. And so for me, I look at it as like, man, dudes really be afraid of what's going to happen. And what is you as a lifelong Knicks fan and a diehard Knicks fan, how do you feel and they can't get guys, and it's not because of their lack of effort. Right. It's more so, in my opinion, about the players not wanting to come there because of them being afraid of whatever. What is your take on that? So my take, again, fan perspective, it seems like the big names really are caring about the situation that Mm -hmm. they're going into, right? Like, obviously, you come to the Knicks, if Kevin Durant came to the Knicks, that was KD's team. There is no doubt about it. He's not sharing the spotlight. So which means, yes, in victory, you're a hero, but in defeat, everybody's going to look at you. Now, I'm not saying he shied away from it necessarily, but again, with the Knicks, there's so much desire to win right now. It's not even going to be a slow building process. Like if he came, it wasn't going to be like, all right, you know, maybe in two, three years, right. they keep building around and we'll get to the first week. No, no, no. We're getting this chip now. So I I think that, I don't even know if I want to say players are scared of it, but they know, especially big time, superstar, superstar players, that if it doesn't work, 
everybody's going to look at you. They're not going to blame R.J. Barrett. They're not going to even blame Julius Randle. Right, They're going right. to look at you and blame you. Oh, KD or whoever, it, we're not winning because you're, you're shooting 48% from the field this year instead of 58%. Mm. So in New York, that's tough, man. It's, a, it's, a, it's the biggest microscope in the that's league. Why, that's why I look at it on the flip side. Like being there, like playing there those four years, I can remember Al Harrington coming in. He mm-hmm. was like one of my best friends yeah. that came to the that's team. That's a fun team, man. And, he, and, and I, I, when I say there was nobody – who wanted to be a Nick and wanted to be and about Al. being a Nick, then Al, like, when he got there, he was over, oh, son, son, I'm here. Like, New York. It's, it's over, son, like, I got to, like, and he was all in. And then by the time he left, he was like, yo. Beat him down a little <laughs> he bit. He was like, yo. It was, and I was like, Al, I tried to, like, because just when he was coming in, it wasn't ready yet. You saw what we were with the team he came, and it was like we weren't ready for what he was trying to be about. And even now, it's just so much. That's why I have so much respect for Carmelo, for Amari, who not only took that responsibility and showed up, but they was delivering. You know what I mean? Like Amari, for sure, his first year before Amari, Melo even got there was an MVP they, they threw, candidate. They, they did it too early. When they threw everything to get Melo, they would just waited and let him come in the summer. Mm-hmm. It would have been, it been, who knows? Gave him a what lot it, of pieces. Gallinari. Who knows yeah, what it could have yeah. been. Young Ray fell in. I will say this, though. There is a flip side to that spotlight and negativity of, you know, if you're not winning in New York and you're the star player. The flip side is... For whoever, whoever you could be is. maybe some kid 13 years old right now who's practicing and he's going to come into the league in five years. Maybe it's Bron Jr. Who knows? If you get a chip it's in old. New York for the Knicks, that's like three anywhere else. It's, no, it's like 10. There, it's say. like 10. You, you get one up five. in this piece, it is You got five rings. Over. It is. No. It is over. It's over. You don't Listen, you don't even have to win it all. <laughs> you don't. You win the East and get to the and you put on a good enough show like yo. And you was the reason? Ah. Listen, over. somewhere Steve Novak is smiling because of those corner threes he was hitting. <laughs> he walks anywhere in New York. He's a legend. Drinks on the house. Novocaine. Got you covered, man. What's, Shot. A, what's a nigga always exactly. Nick? Novocaine. <laughs> Who would you say the best Nick ever? Your favorite Nick. Who's the best Nick ever? So I got two answers for this one because like I, I think the best Nick ever is Clyde Frazier. Clyde Frazier. And I think he was just quoted. Everyone Look, everyone talks about the Willis Reed game and that was a yeah. remarkable book. He really Frazier killed balled it. in he that really game. He really killed it like, after the first shot. Willis gets the glory because he played hurt, but Clyde was just lights out. But I didn't see it. Yeah. I wasn't even born yet, so it's hard for me to say that's my favorite all time or the greatest So you're Nick. about to say the same name I would say. Who? Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm going to let you. I don't want to say it. Patrick first. Ewing. Boom. Patrick Told Ewing. Patrick Told Ewing, you, listen. Boy. My man is He props. left it all out there, man. Like, it, it's a shame that Pat didn't get a ring. Yeah. It was not for a lack of effort. Um, he, I mean, he tried. He put the city on his shoulders, yeah. and he he tried, man. That was, like, to me, growing up, that 90s Knicks team, oh, man. I'm still, I did something really dumb not that long ago on a JetBlue flight because they got the direct TV. You know, they, they play hardwood classics. Yeah. Okay. I watched game seven in its entirety against the Rockets. <laughs> The whole game, yeah. thinking the outcome was going to be different. <laughs> Just watching it, like, and it, what killed it me was it was good. such a close game. Dang. There was one play they were like down two. The Knicks had the ball. Oakley got an offensive rebound and just it just came out of his hands and kicked off his knee, and we lost possession. They come down and hit a three. Yeah. That '90s Knicks team. That's really my favorite player is that whole team because Anthony Mason doing things yeah. that was never done in the NBA yeah. at his size. You yeah. know, um, when I came up, I, I was playing. Uh, 
in a pro am when I was like 14 years old, I was playing against Anthony Bonner. Anthony Bonner you know couldn't Saint shoot Lula. a free throw to yeah. save his life, but he could dunk on anybody. Yeah, he was so he was athletic. Just a hard working guy. Like. Yeah. <laughs> no, he that team, man. Dude. Uh, but Patrick Ewing for me is my favorite all time, Nick. Because also, you know, you really felt the wins with him and you really felt the losses. So, so that, that game seven, was that game seven worse than when he missed the layup? When the finger roll against the, finger the Pacers? Roll against the Pacers. Yes, because again we were up three two, and we were right. We were in the closeout game for a championship. Yeah, you know that was a tough loss against the Pacers because that was to get back to the finals, and yeah. and but we were that was coming off Game Seven still, so we were already heartbroken. But the Game Seven was that was the worst. That easy. was the hardest, Pat, the hardest easy, thing to ever take. Easy. I cried. I genuinely. This- I sat in my room and I cried. So you weren't mad at John Starks for not making the three. I was mad with him, but that's actually my favorite. Um, it's not my favorite alternate Patrick Ewing, but my favorite Nick to watch was John Starks. I loved his story. Every time they always talked about this man was bagging groceries right, right. in Oklahoma yeah. City before he went into the CBA, and that like yeah. I just loved his story. And um, he really was the identity of that team. He, him, and Mason, and just the grit. Derek Harper, yeah. just the grit. I mean, Xavier McDaniel was on that squad. Yeah. For me, for me, like I grew up. All of us, like we grew up watching Pat, and I always thought Pat was like definitely one of the greatest. But once, you, once I got to know Pat, it was over. Yeah, it was curtains. Like Pat, one of the greatest dudes on the planet. Yeah. One of the greatest people on the planet. Once you get to know him and get to be around him, hang around him. One of the best dudes ever. The he thing was that described OG. the New York spirit was when um, I think it was the game Starks headbutted Reggie Miller and lost his mind. Reggie trash talked him to a point where he just got himself kicked out. And Patrick Ewing grabbed Starks and like smacked him on the back and was like, "What are you doing?" He he he. It was every reaction every fan had. It was like, yeah. "What are you doing? Getting kicked out of the game? You're letting him get to you and." You, I mean, Ewing had the same reaction. He manhandled Starks and was like, "Use your head, man! Don't you can't get kicked out of this game." Yeah. That that was every fan, you know, in New York City that night. Yeah, I wanted to ask you: start, bench, or cut? This is all time Knicks. Before we get up out of here, okay? You got Patrick Ewing, you got Walt Clyde Frazier, and you got Black Jesus, Earl the Pearl Monroe. Ooh, Black Jesus. You got to start one, bench one, and cut one. I take this so seriously. This is is a tough scenario, and that's why I'm doing it. Okay, and again, this is my answer. You can criticize it all you want. (laughs) It's fine. I'll take it because I feel like I'm going to make somebody upset. Always. I'm starting Clyde. Again, not my generation, but the man's got a chip, and he did it when the money was on the line for the chip. He He showed up. Starting Clyde. Oh. <laughs> I'm gonna bench Pat, which means I gotta cut Black Jesus. I, 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 oh. There's no right there was answer. No, there was no there's win. No it was a lose lose. It was a lose lose. Pat, I'm betraying my whole childhood. <laughs> <laughs> there's no right answer. Where was you, and what was you doing when John Starks went baseline and dunked on Michael Jordan, Horace Grant? I remember exactly where I was to this day. Was I, it really on him, Jay? Well, he was in the picture. His shadow was in the picture. And the angle yeah. of you know, the I've seen a couple of pictures on, in, you know, on Instagram it, where they take MJ out, out of, of all the bulls that his, <laughs> He was the most famous one, so everybody say that's on him. So, you know <laughs> so we're going to say uh, John Stark's baseline. I remember where I was, man. I was 
14 years old, back in Bensonhurst, Brooklyn, watching the game with my uncle in his basement. And it had an extremely low ceiling, even for as short as I am. Yeah. It was a low ceiling. And when Starks threw down that dunk, I jumped with every ounce of energy <laughs> I had. And I hit my head on the ceiling. I mean, it was a six-foot ceiling. I was yeah. five feet tall. Yeah. And I hit my head on the ceiling and cracked the sheetrock on the ceiling uh, and just went nuts because that put them up 2-0. Put them up 2-0. And we had home court advantage. Yeah, and you cut to a week man. later, you know, game five. I could still hear the Charles Smith, Smith again, Smith block, <laughs> Smith got the ball in. That, that, was, that was one of the hardest losses I ever took as a Knicks fan. I have like three Knicks. that stand out that just, that were gut shots to me. And what that you, was one of them. What did you think about the unicorn, Pazingas, getting traded away? That's, a, that's not a real cool subject. It's still fresh. Pretty fresh. Like, it is like, very yeah, I, fresh. I, I, like the six god, I love the six god. Hey, I'm a like, fan of Porzingis too. But I was an I, early fan. I'm one of the few that didn't boo and bury the pick. Yeah. When it happened, I said, listen, I don't know that much about him. All I've seen is some grainy video. Yeah. But I went to Summer League that year because yeah. I was in Vegas playing in a fantasy basketball camp for okay. USA Basketball <laughs> over 35. Yeah. I said, oh, I'm going to go check out some Summer League. And I saw him versus the Lakers. Yeah. And I remember thinking, wow, this guy, for his height, moves well. And he's got a little dream shake. Yeah. And he's, and I was just in. I'm like, I said, I don't, I don't know if he's going to be a Hall of Famer, but I think this kid's going to be good. Yeah. And sure enough, he's, he's good. It is very fresh. I mean, when that trade hit, I, I remember I, I was in Florida on, on a little quick vacation getting out of the New York cult. And I just saw the Woj bomb and I just dropped my phone <laughs> and froze and yeah. just stared off into space for a while. Cause uh, I mean that was the savior. Yeah, that would that's what right. That's what he was supposed to be. I need another sip. This is getting rough. <laughs> <laughs> Carmelo Anthony, he's a Hall of Famer. Yes, great career. Going through what he's going through right now, like what do you feel about Carmelo Anthony being a Knicks fan and and to see he going through the struggles he's going through now? I, I think it's a little a little wild, and you guys could tell me more than I know. Obviously, to me, there's just there's just no way that guy's not on a roster playing yeah, for no a way. competitive team like I get it you might not want to no offense to like the Grizzlies or even the Knicks for that matter yeah. young teams rebuilding I get it maybe that's not the right fit but yeah. for for a t- I really thought the experiment with the Rockets was going to work I you know too. I thought it was didn't really get a good uh, it was a true opportunity it I don't think it was really chance. giving they a true opportunity a right there got the short end of the stick if, if, if I'm close and competitive in, in the league and I'm you know mm. maybe a move or two away or guys if it, I, I'm, I'm absolutely going after Melo I just and maybe mm. I'm being too loyal as a Knicks fan but yeah. I the guy's a bucket. Once a bucket, always a bucket. He's well, a bucket. bucket. Always a bucket. I, I mean, he's showing that he still is a bucket. And he like, seems like he's willing to accept whatever the role, role is. I just want to play. I want to win. Yeah. And and maybe it was different two years ago. Maybe he wasn't feeling that like that. But it certainly feels like he is now. I just don't. If he's not on a roster, I would be shocked. Outside the Knicks, who would you want him to play for? Did you feel a bit a good fit for him? I would like to see him go to the Lakers. I think it would be an interesting. Well, one of the LA teams again I want to see him in a playoff game yeah. in a big moment where it's like oh well, we're down a man we need yeah. someone to come in and get us 15 in the fourth yeah. right. like that's the kind of thing he's going to do he's going to win you he could swing you a playoff game that you maybe would have lost I want to see him in the league but I, I would love to see him with Golden State Oof. or Portland Trailblazers Portland like was always like wasn't there always rumors about him going there yeah I think he turned them down I think I seen Damon Little Dame say, wanted him yeah say, uh, we tried to get him one year he went to OKC tried to get him another year he chose Houston it's like that would be a good fit upstairs like yeah we 
We ain't, we ain't gonna try to get him now, which well, I feel like he'd probably go now if he had the offer to go. Yeah, well, yeah, now, nah, yeah, obviously. But I feel like they he wore that out, but he didn't wore it out. He just thought somewhere else was better. But what Barrow has the best ball players? Brooklyn. 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 I think we Mar- just make point guards. I think Stephon Marbury is the best New York outside of Al Cinder. Right, right. Well, well, he we, count, we, yes. we, we not count now, Cinder. Slow but, down now. But outside of Al Cinder, I feel like Stephon Marbury was the best New York basketball player to come out. I mean, I think so. I look ever Shamika Holes ever. Shamika Holes call was like, nah, Kenny Anderson. I said Kenny Anderson. And I was like, I, I love Kenny Anderson. I love Ross Stricken. I love a lot of guys. Lamar Odom. Felipe. And the list go on and on. Felipe. That was the. I mean, you saw like, the thirty for thirty. I I, like, I was going to those rice. I was going to those games. Like Starberry was like, he was something. You're so, going off how far he went in their NBA career and what they not did. Not just that, just his, his game in general. Like, Starberry, could, he can dribble, he can shoot, he can pass, he was fast, he, he can jump. <laughs> like, I think, but I think when Shamiqua came, like, I, think, I don't think she was comparing his NBA career. I yeah. think she was going off like you know, what school? they did. The high school, yeah. And I Kenny, mean, a, Kenny A, high school. Yeah, I, I remember Kenny. Now he didn't go on the, like I'm saying. I'm talking about, but that's what I think she was speaking on as far as like who did what in New York State, like yeah. inside high school. Like I, Kenny I saw a. Steph in high school do something I had never seen a guard do before. And again, now it's done easily. You could go on because now you could see there's so many right, yeah. dunk you know accounts. You could just see every dunk's been done. Like Anything. the stuff people are coming up with now is just insane. But at the time, remember, this is 1996, right? Mm-hmm. And they were playing against us, so they were at our school. Everyone came out. Our school wasn't very good. Their school was. Um, and they were inbounding under the backboard, and literally their forward just flipped it up like this. Steph came in from the top of the key, caught the lob in the air, brought it back down, <laughs> threw it on yeah. our 6'7 center. At a guard, like we'd never yeah, seen a guard, guard do that. Yeah. That's something I never <laughs> saw in person or really in the NBA from a guard right. in my life. And yeah. I was like, what? Who is that? How? How? How's this guy doing it? So who, so who, who would you say? Is Steph. A, you would say Steph. I would say Steph. Crew. I'm biased because I saw it with my own eyes. Yeah. But Felipe Lopez was the best high school basketball player, I think, mm-hmm. Most covered high school yeah. basketball player to call. He was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. I remember that. I and remember that. I mean, he was the next. He stayed home and went to St. John's with Zendon Hamilton. Yeah. You know, it's just Z. That was, Z hey, that was the team. We played. Shout out Z. I know he was a Clipper. That was gonna be the team that was Yo, gonna Zay. change St. John's yeah. basketball forever. I committed to St. John's. I was gonna go to St. John's like right after they lost. Don't, uh, don't, he went don't. straight out of high school. I know. Listen, man. Jobs. You know, he just did. Say, we would love to have you. See, that's a tough thing with New York, right? Is we don't really have college basketball and football teams. Yeah. It's St. John's, yeah. who has not been good enough. Now, you know, now the programs come back. Yeah. And who do we watch in college football? Syracuse, like hours away. So, yeah. you know. Again in New York, you come to St. John's and you're you're in the tournament making a run. Oh, you'd have been the so man. Much love. You'd have been the so man. Much love. I, I seen you had the uh, Michael Jordan Olympic Jordans. So. I do, yes. Today, uh, yes, in the building, <laughs> yes. What made you a tennis shoe fan? You know, I when I was a kid, I, I guess I guess it was just becoming more popular, but I remember when I started playing, first of all, I watched the, the 88 dunk contest, and when MJ won in the white cement 88s, I'm like, wow, those things made him fly. So I actually right. believe sneakers can make you fly. 
spoiler alert, not true. Okay, yeah. I still can't jump. But I, that shoe to me was just like a good looking shoe, and obviously I wanted I wanted those. I, I think they were still back then were 125 bucks yeah. or whatever. I, no chance of me getting them, so I saved up my money, and I think by the time I got my first pair of Jays, it was a pair of fours, yeah. and. I, to me, they were just the nicest thing I ever owned in my life. Yeah. To this day, right, I kind of have terrible posture and my shoulders are rounded forward. And that's because once I got those fours, every time I walked to school, I walked with my head down looking at the sneakers, <laughs> just admiring them. Like, look how beautiful. So when I walk, my head's down and my shoulders are like this because I'm looking at the sneakers. Yeah. And I used to set them up. So I used to pull on the tongue so hard, I ripped the tongue out at one oh. point because I was just always trying to get them fitted perfectly. <laughs> and from there, man, I mean, it was it was off to the races for me. I mean... So this, I had pumps. I had the David Robinson pumps. I just was, I was about it. It was, it was about that life. It just so that did was, something to me. It was art to me. It so was that art. made that portion of your, the turtle character just seamless. It was, it was true. You was just not so much acting. You was just being yourself. Like I remember one episode where you, what was it? You had to go get the, you went to the like some alley. You know, about? Jones, so you had to go to the alley to get the joints from the garage. So that was special for me because that was also, we were the first show to ever show the sort of, I don't want to say underground sneaker culture, but the waiting online for the drop the sneaker culture. Like you had to be a sneakerhead to know, know that you stand online like you're waiting to go see Star Wars or something yeah. to get the drop. We showed that and... I just remember being at undefeated, and uh, I'm like, man, this really looks like a real drop. We had 100 extras waiting online. Right. And guys are arguing for the yeah. shoes, and that episode is probably the one I get asked about most. most. That and like the Tom Brady episode are up there. The two that, <laughs> that was on the other day. <laughs> the two that I get asked about the most, and I still got those gold Fukijamas, the ones I had on the right. show. They're one of one. I've been that offering a dope. lot of money yeah. for them over the years, and you know if I ever sell those, I'm on some hard times, because I'm keeping those forever. I'm going to give those to my son. Yeah, nah, so that's dope. Outside of Jordan, since you're a shoe guy, what was your favorite shoe? Whose shoe was it that came out? You was like, them was the ones I just always loved. Outside of my, I mean, back in the day, I, I really did love the David Robinson pumps because those mm. were just so weird and like they they were clearly for a big man. Big men didn't really have shoes. They like yeah. went up to my knees because yeah. I was so short. Those were just crazy. Yeah, you did. did you have a pair of the Ewans? Of course I did. I was just going back and forth with with Bradley my. Came back with the Ewans. Popping with the Ewans. I wear those right now. They pop. They out right I'm now. They are available right now. Yeah. Right now. Um, Shout out to Mace Junior. I think uh, Anthony Mace. Junior's son, he's reinventing the shoes and putting them back out and stuff yep. like that. I thought the spree wells were weird enough that the I was like, yeah, the man, those were with, so, with the spinning wheel the spin- on the I side. Just, I, That's I just, the dot off. I didn't cop them, real but I wanted to. I wanted to. I didn't cop No, I wouldn't cut hey. no goddamn The Bo Jacksons, too, growing up. Oh, no, those are the classic. Priceless. Bo's nose. Bruce Smith, Dion. Dion's were great. Junior Seau's was hard, too. I'm the only one I think who liked these because I've been fighting for him. Ken Griffey had his own. Oh yeah, oh, I thought they were. Griffey's? I thought they were. The Griffey's So this was group hard. text on them with my with my sneakerhead, like they they hate on the Griffey's. No, I thought no. they were. I thought they were great. Griffey's was a must wow. get too. Yeah. Like you gotta have them Griffey's. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got me think. I mean, I'm trying to think. Like I'm always, here's what I'm always searching for, because obviously there's a lot of good looking shoes, but I feel like playing quality shoe yeah. has kind of gotten. 
away from yes we're i don't know i just like i'm yet to really find it like i love i play right now and like i like the pg-13s are comfortable okay. Kyrie's ain't ain't bad i do got so the russell westbrook why nots which are just crazy to look at yeah and i play in them but they're a little heavy so i'm always on the search for like what's the good looking shoe that also is good to play in like pick up my favorite my favorite jordan to play in had to be the 13s 13s Which to play in? Okay. 13s, I can I see got, that. I, I was the patent leather. I love the patent leathers, leathers, but but like... 11s? You played in the yeah, 11s? I like the patent leathers. The 13s felt better to me, though. Like, the, the 11s were cool. They still are up yeah. there with me, but my all-time favorite, most comfort... That's your favorite playing shoe or just playing, your favorite playing, Jordan playing bro. shoe? Jordan playing. I only played in Jordan, so... So that was your all-time favorite playing shoe. And yours was the, ele- the yeah, 11s? Yeah, mine was 11. <laughs> Listen... I, I give Jordan the most respect for playing in fives because that's the heaviest shoe you could ever play. It's like wearing ankle weights oh, yeah, while trying yeah, to play. Yeah. This just cl- heavy, heavy, heavy. I had some you. sick ones though. Some Nick blue and white ones. I had some. I was some at those games. Crazy, I remember. Crazy I was at those games. I know what I want to take. So now you have another title. You are a scout for the Knicks esports team. Yes. That's our squad. You know what I'm saying? I can say that's our squad. We, you know what I'm saying? He was on him when I won a... Um, I witnessed it. A eSports gaming championship. I witnessed it. I, I'm a gamer You're world. A gamer. I'm a, I'm competitive. He's a good 2K player. I'm nice man. at 2K. I, told, I tell him this all the time. Let me give you another drink because I feel like you... Feel like you. Do you play? You know I mean, have you guys, he's play, see, have you guys he, gone 1v1 yet? No, Come no, on. He, he knows what I do in 2K. You dunking him? He, he cheats around, in 2K. Uh, listen, listen. Around, every, every, around year, he, every year, he, it's, top, it's top three teams or the best three teams on the game. So you like Warrior, yeah. Warriors last year? He, he played out. with the Warriors last year. He played with the... Who you played with before that? You played with the Warriors and somebody else before that. Like, he always played with the good teams. No, I don't. That's why you know he lying. Listen, first of all, around my neighborhood, around my camp, around my group of friends, I'm three time running champion, running into right now. Last time I've I seen didn't him play. Last yeah. time I lost was when I was working in Detroit and I wasn't able to sit next to him and <laughs> right. play against him every day, so I wasn't getting that good iron sharp. Answer iron. this. Where do most of their games get played at? Where do y'all play most of y'all games at? You mean like like the, the location? The location. In my house. Home quarter. Home quarter you see that? Like all the games at his house. Like, like he, it's like cheat. It's like his game just always win for him. Listen, I, I've seen him play. I witnessed him win the event that we had for <laughs> this game. It had and, real um, life gamers. They get paid for this. And you bro. were paired with one of the best two K centers in the world. Shout out Goof. Goof. You know what I'm talking about? Goof. When they win, they won. They won. They won a championship. We ain't, we ain't just saying like they win and represent. You guys were tough in the pick and roll, man. You two, you and Goof. They, hey. they were a problem. There was hey, two I'm on two you. in the park. It was a problem. Hey, bro. It was a hey. true story. I know what I want to ask. When you first, I guess it would be some point in the entourage time. You started getting to what you would call something that was a check where you felt, I got to, you know, I done did something. I want to treat myself. Like, what What did you do with some money that you look back on and you like, that was just not very smart. But it felt awesome at the time, and it was the best idea ever when you first thought of it. I got a really dumb car that I shouldn't have got. There you uh, go. I got some Maserati with Ooh. red leather and, Ooh. like, and just was I honestly I didn't even know how to drive it. I'm like I'm, it's not that I'm not a car guy. I enjoy a nice car, but I am not. I really didn't. I used to have to like call my brother, be like, "How do I turn it on again?" You I didn't too even know what I was doing. You exposed on the show. You had to get one of those shows. And, and 
LA's got a lot of potholes. I had the low profile tires. I was getting a flat tire once a month. I went through six tires and those tires are like 800 bucks each. I'm like, this is stupid. This is not giving me anything back in return. Welcome. So I took a loss on that one. I took the L on that one. Welcome. Actors, if you was to have a three on three squad and you had to pick two other actors to play on your squad, basketball. I take this very seriously, Derek. This is a very serious question. Who are the two actors that you would choose to play with you on your three-on-three? I think I'm going to go Michael B. Jordan. He could ball. Okay. See, because I also I, every every actor that I played ball with, I just want to beat. So it's having a hard time like making me accept that I'm going to invite them onto my invite team. You on your squad. Um, I need some height. Actors aren't very tall, as you can see. I know. <laughs> I need. I'm. I'm gonna come back to it. I need to think about it. I because I take this way too seriously. Yeah, the answer. You ain't got to the be answer, quite honest, No one's met my standards yet. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm being honest. Who, who's a tall actor that you might need a center, a big guy? There's no Leon. tall actors. You mean Leon, Leon. man? New York Knicks fan. He played in. Um, Leon's older than me though. Five, no, he played in Above the Rim. That was the movie. Above the, the, the Rim, the basketball movie. He's yeah. older than me. That's true, though. He is old now. Honestly, I am not impressed with the current state of acting basketball players. <laughs> you got no. You should have went and got T.O. 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 like playing entertainers. He's, he's, he's an athlete. athlete. But he's still playing entertainers. He's a Hall he of should be in the Hall of Fame. But he wasn't a basketball I player. He played in NBA. I've seen T.O. in the gym doing box jumps on a 45-pound plate. Denzel's too old, too. I was going to say Denzel. So I'm saying it's a bad time for basketball playing actors. I don't see it. I don't see it. Unless we don't know. When you came up and you was watching basketball, so I know, you. of course, you was a Knicks fan and you seen Michael Jordan. But who outside of Michael Jordan and the Knicks that you've seen that you admire their game and you was like, man, I like how he play? So I used to buy all those NBA VHS tapes, yeah. just like the essentially mixtapes. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I remember the songs. I just go on Instagram and it's right yeah. there right. for you. <laughs> uh, when I say I studied Tim Hardaway's handle, Ooh, I would like over. watch it, pause it. Grab my ball, go in front of my house and try to do that crossover. Never getting it right. Go upstairs, watch it again, come back, try to do it. Uh, I loved KJ. I loved Kevin Johnson's yeah, game. KJ. Um, I watched a lot. I respected him. Uh, I mean. So I'm, I'm seeing a theme here. You like the, the point I, guard. I mean, I was little. You were realistic about it. I wasn't backing anybody down right, right, and doing okay, a post okay. fade anytime soon. <laughs> I was small and quick. So obviously, um, I mean, I loved, I thought, I thought, one of the best individual and his game would be so good right now is Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf his game was NBA now that was what we were watching he was shooting more threes than anybody he was was, his game was just unbelievable he hit a couple shots in my face in the big three this year so yeah he (laughs) He still can shoot 50 and still getting it in he still can shoot right now still getting it in got that work for you what actor you had the opportunity to be around or so forth on that it made you starstruck like it was like, whoa! I'm in here with him. So the most or her, the most humbling thing that ever happened to me was I got a, a small but good part in a movie called Las Vegas, right? Which was a uh, a senior citizen's hangover movie. You right. know, it was. I, remember, but, I saw this. Yeah, and the cast reads as such. And you tell me what doesn't belong: Robert De Niro, Morgan Freeman, mm-hmm. Michael Douglas, mm-hmm. Kevin Klein. 
Jerry Ferrara. Right. What doesn't belong in that sentence, right? Um, I I just remember I I'm never really nervous. I'm always a little anxious before starting a job. But when I started that job, my main goal was like, don't get fired from this movie. <laughs> This is like all the Hall of Fame. These are like got legends that you've you're, you're working with them all in one shot. I, I start the job and it's almost like they know, right? They see me, they size me up. I'm like, oh, it's this 30 year old Italian kid from Brooklyn. He probably what? They bring me in and they just they immediately diffuse any weirdness of me looking at them like, whoa. <laughs> they just bring you right in. They're like, so where are you from? Oh, Brooklyn. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know this place, this place. And 10 minutes in, you you feel like you're. You're with them. You're yeah. part of the group. <laughs> right, right. And I think they know because, like, they're like, if this kid's starstruck for the whole movie, his performance might stink. So we got to calm him down. And then That's the dope. coolest thing I ever saw was Morgan Freeman had gotten sick while shooting. He got like a flu or something, right? And, you know, he's up in his 70s at this point. And I think he had like over 100 and something fever. If anyone could call in sick, it's Morgan Freeman. I mean, the guy's played the president. He's played God. Right. <laughs> if he wants to say, hey, guys, I need, I need a day off. Like, if I got the flu, I got to probably go work through it. All right? Yeah. I don't really, I can't necessarily, in a movie like that, I can't shut down production. Yeah. He could. Showed up to work at 5 a.m. And he said, you know what? I'm going to work till I can't work anymore. If I feel awful, I'm going to tell you guys. And then we got to switch it up. He worked the entire day mm. with the flu. We made our day. We got every shot we needed. And it really was like a lesson. Like, man, like here, you're going to be a prima donna Morgan Freeman at 70-something years old out here with 102 fever, working and killing it. Getting it in. It was his flu game. Right, flu right, game. right. It was his flu game. So it really was like, listen, any, any ideas you had that you think you're like the man? No, no, no. That's the man right there. Yo, I think it's dope how you reference everything with sports it's my life man. and like how you truly live that out and just reference like that's dope to me that's dope i know you took some from entourage and you did power just yesterday your last episode of yeah. power just happened what did you take from being part of the power franchise that you can kind of move forward what was one of the biggest thing that you took Entourage was an ensemble cast where everybody kind of had their shine at like the same time. And look, I, guys flat out st stood out. I think I did on Entourage to a degree, but like we were talking about Kevin Dillon as drama earlier, like Piven as art. Like those dudes are getting nominated for Emmys. Piven yeah. won it three years in a row. Like that. Yeah. I'm not saying I wasn't good, but like those guys. Yeah. So with Power, again, it's an ensemble cast, but the way I kind of went out this past season, you know, they really did give me my moment mm. to shine where I was in every scene and mm. I had to carry the episode. I never, I had not really ever, when Entourage had to carry episode. the episode. And it was really the first time I had that opportunity and I feel like I did a good job. I don't think I'm being you did. too... You did, we I'm, gonna tell you. I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. I, I feel like I gave it all I had and it turned out okay. So what I'm taking from that is I think I could do it again on a more regular scale. Like, I'm ready for that. I'm ready to carry something on my own. I guess I'm ready for my my own team. Yeah. I'm ready to get yeah. in there and be no like, this is, this is my team. I know how to try to win a championship, to bring it back to sports, Word you know? Up. You did think like a man. Yes. And, so and, much fun. And your wife, well, your fiancé was Gabrielle Union. Like, how was it, like, working with that whole cast and everybody? Look, man, I... I don't want to say this out loud because I don't like to jinx anything, but I'm just a lucky dude. I, yeah. 
Entourage to Think Like a Man to Power. Those are families right there. Those yeah. are three families. Think Like a Man. I mean, we all still talk regularly, and yeah. it does not always happen like that. And I had a front row seat to seeing Kevin Hart just go to another planet. That wasn't his first movie, yeah. but that was his first movie where it's like, we're going to tee this up for you, where you get like... It's almost like we're going to run the offense for you. We're going right. to feature you, you the in plays. the offense. You're going right. to get a ton of shots. <laughs> right. You're gonna, we're running plays for you, K-Hart. And he shot like 98% from the <laughs> right. I mean, he was just hitting them out of the park. And he that movie was made for a reasonable budget. It was expected to do like okay. And ended up making $100 million yeah. at the box office. Yeah. It just was lightning in a bottle. And getting to play opposite Gabrielle Union, yeah. I, I honestly didn't want to do it because I remember saying, like, no one's going to believe that I was able to get her. <laughs> right. That's the yeah. biggest stretch I ever had to do in my career. Yeah. Everyone's going to call BS on it. No one's going to believe yeah. that. So somehow I I pulled it off. It was probably more her than me. Yeah. And um, Especially with a couch like that. Like, that's, that was <laughs> one of my favorite scenes from you and Gabrielle. It was, it was like the, when she changed the house around and you was like, where, where are all my... Where's my stuff? Where, 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 my where, stuff? where, where are my posters? Where are my posters? Where are all of them? Like, there's a funny beat in that movie that I don't know if anybody caught. So if anybody catches it again on TV, right? So in that movie, she throws out all my character stuff and brings in new nice couple stuff. Yeah. And there's a scene where she's sitting on the couch and we have to have a serious talk. And I go sit on the couch and the couch was so high, my feet didn't touch the ground. Uh, so you just see my feet dangling. <laughs> and I look at him and I give her a look like, it doesn't get referenced, but I always thought that was a funny moment. But uh, that was just unbelievable. That was my first look at like the power of social media too, because everyone in that movie had a little bit of a following. Following. And again, that was a, a little engine that could movie that made $100 million at the box office yeah. and got a sequel. Straight up. Up. From, with you being a, a huge sports and basketball fan in general, what's your take on the current state of the league with all of the craziness and the free agency, players going everywhere, and now teams settling in and it being so much parity? It's still, a, a, in my opinion, it's slightly you look at the Lakers and you like AD and LeBron, like, ah. But, like, even still, you know, other teams, like, what what is your thoughts on this upcoming season as a, as a super fan and somebody who's a diehard, you know, Knicks fan? I think this is going to be an unbelievable NBA season because this is the first time in a long time the regular season is going to mean something. Mm-hmm. I mean, it always means something, but it was a foregone conclusion for the last almost five years. We know at least one of the teams who are going to be in the finals. We pretty much almost know both. Right. So last year was the first real exception with the Raptors getting in there. So this year now, I can't tell you who's going to be in the finals. I don't know if it's going to be Lakers, Bucks. Is it going to be, you know, Celtics, Warriors? The Warriors are going to shock everybody. It's wide open. We have parity, which is what everyone's been asking for for a long time. I, I, I think it's the most entertaining sport that we have going right now. And a lot of it is because of the players and the storylines that are going on. And again, like I said, it's the first year in a long time. You are not guaranteed a playoff spot in the West. Yeah, You are just flat out not. And you could end up with the seven seed and be a really good team and got to go mess around and play the Lakers in the first round and still be a good team. Who's going to the championship and who will win the championship this year? And, and, and of course, you can't use your, your own team. I know I can't. But I make you feel better where it's like you're For not For several reasons. <laughs> <sighs> That's a really good question. Okay. I am going to say Lakers 
because I do think we're going to get a... We've never seen LeBron on rest, right? Yeah. He's never really... right. He, he took that one week off in Miami. I mean, he was on Cleveland. He went to Miami for a week during the season, came back, and I think that's the year they won the chip or almost won. So it's hard to go against LeBron when he's healthy. So I think if the Lakers stay healthy, and I think maybe they manage his games a little bit, it's, I'm going to go Lakers... And I think we're gonna see. I think we're gonna see Giannis break through. I'm gonna mm. go Lakers Bucks. Lakers Just what the NBA wants, right? Lakers Bucks. I got one more good question. Free freaking the king. But I think our Clippers this year is gonna win. Uh, That's my number two team. I mean, the, yeah, the I think it's gonna be a battle in LA. And you got the opportunity to see us come to LA, to see us come to LA and kind of change the Clippers around, to change. see the Clippers oh. now. What do you think about that transition in LA? I want to go back in time and watch you guys some more, man. <laughs> Honestly, I swear, like me, my my friends and I, like we're all the kind of same age. Like we we talk about that Clipper team all the time. So I said when that article came out, man, it was like we've been waiting for it because that te- it just it changed it changed a lot of stuff in the yeah. NBA, man. It was so dope to watch. So yeah. uh, appreciate. But that, I am man. excited to like if we get Lakers Clippers. I lived in LA almost twenty years, know you know, that. like that's. We I want to see we that. that. I yeah. want to see that in the playoffs, like in the Western That'd Conference Finals, if it could yeah. be. If that could get racked up, that would be like that'd the be best great. thing One ever. stadium. No, no, no. <laughs> you just got to change the floor. I mean, the dream one day is to see Clippers, Lakers in the West, and then Knicks, Nets in the East battling out for the Ooh. final. That's like the that script I would want to watch. Of course, the Knicks dope. win the championship in the end. <laughs> <laughs> hey. You know, we got our brand partners. We want to show our appreciation for coming on the show with us, man. We got the special Knuckleheads edition of the Hennessy VSOP. Very special. <laughs> very, I, very I, I special. I like that Knucklehead. Let's just say um, I'm going to save this to the Knicks win a championship. Then I'm gonna, I'm only, that's what I'm going to drink from it. So it's gonna be, it, might never, be, it might be on ice for a long time. Right, man, never be no, we're going to be optimistic, man. You're going to crack that thing. You and your son when you get old enough. That's right. Shout out to That's right. Knicks. That's right. Come here, son. Take some of that. Knicks won a championship. Hey, so yo, that's a wrap, man. We did our first, first, first show with a non-athlete. Non-athlete, my man, Jerry Ferrara, man, a.k.a. Turtle, a.k.a. Proctor. Okay, we in the building. Everybody's favorite lawyer. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Guy's name, I think, like a man, but you know what I'm saying? He was killing it in that too, but you know what I'm saying? We appreciate the love, man. We talked about many things, New York, all things entourage. We got into power, dropped a f- couple jewels on y'all on that one. He had to go out, but he went out gracefully, respectfully. <laughs> Bust that thing. Tune in, y'all, knuckleheads. We doing it. theplayerstribute.com